Love me tender, love me blue. <laughs> is, is that recording? Yeah. You better end of that. Hello, everyone. My family and I the other night were privileged to have Emilio Ramos, director of uh, Red Grace Media. He is a lover of theology and a man who truly fears God. He was over at our house the other night, and he was talking to us, just to my family, as we're all sitting down in our living room, about what he calls the new apologetic. The new apologetic meaning where the Christian should change their focus on apologetics. Of course, it is the same Ventilian presuppositional apologetic, but it has a new focus. And so he was talking to us about this. So I ran to the other room. I grabbed a microphone. And I thought this would be great on a podcast. So here is a little recording of what Amelia was talking to us about. Okay, so <clears throat> the future of apologetics is this. that the Well, you have to begin talking about the old apologetics, and you have to understand that the old apologetics is, um, I don't want to say it's irrelevant or that's outdated so so much, but that if we're just thinking in terms of manuscripts, if we're just thinking in terms of Bible contradictions that we have to resolve, if we're just thinking in terms of answering the questions for skeptics like atheists and agnostics or or we're doing like comparative religion like Islam, we're, we're missing the collective boat because something bigger has emerged on the scene. And the church is not quite ready for it. And what is it? Well, it's hard to say in a nutshell, but it's something like this. That what's emerging in the 21st century is something like a globalist movement that is pluralistic in nature. It is pagan, ultimately, in nature. And when you think about the kind of paganism involved, it is pantheistic and it is panantheistic. What's the difference? So pantheism, God is everything. Panantheism is that God and man are, are both exist, but they're in the mutual relationship with one another. Okay, so that God benefits from us as much as we benefit from God. And what's happening today in in the area of of in the area of sexuality, in the area of politics, is that we are trying to identify all these individual threats, but we have nothing collective to put them under. So we see the LGBTQ, we see the trans movement, we see the eliminary of the binary, we see things like BLM and critical race theory. And we're seeing all of these things, things that I would call symptoms of the greater problem. And what is the greater problem? The greater problem is that we're entering into a time in the 21st century where we are now facing a globalist movement that is fundamentally neo-Marxist politically and pantheistic spiritually. So we're watching the dissolving of the West as it gives way to the East. East is coming West. And so what are you seeing today? You're seeing uh, yoga and everything. If you watch the, the last Apple event, you watch the last Apple event and guess what? Didn't you know that Apple was going to teach you how to be a spiritist? Well, they announced uh, on, on their Apple event the latest apps for practicing meditation, mindfulness, for entering into these different states of consciousness. This is what your phone is about now? That's right, your phone is about practicing a pseudo-spirituality. Your phone is now the vehicle through which the globalist system that is emerging 
is communicating to you a particular worldview that Peter Jones calls oneism. And oneism is the eliminary of the elimination of the creator and creature distinction. And what oneism is teaching us is that everything is one. You are one with nature. Nature is one with you. God is one with nature. And nature is one with God. Why do you think the practice of yoga is something the church kind of laughs at or mocks or thinks it's silly or stupid? If you look back at the 80s and 90s, the conservative evangelical apologists scoffed at New Age thought. They thought about Shirley MacLaine declaring that she is God on the beach. And they thought, okay, crystals and breathing and yoga and meditation, this is all just a rich fad of wealthy people in Hollywood. It will come and go as quick as, you know, it's going to go as quick as it came. Okay, well, they were completely wrong. Because, it, because no, although no one calls it New Age thought anymore, there is a spirituality that is emerging. It's all around us. And like I said, you know, I've said this repeatedly, that it's everywhere and it's nowhere. It's not like the, the older polarities that we've experienced. It's not like the distinctions we used to make. It's not that we have Trinitarianism versus strict monotheism, like what you have with Islam or something like that. No, this is, this is a spirituality that's emerging that's an amalgamation of everything. It's seeking to absorb everything. I don't know if you grew up as a Trekkie. I did. I love you know, Star Trek. And my fa- one of my favorite episodes, episodes is the, the Borg, this, this, or what do they call the Borg that, that swallows up everything. Did you watch Star Trek? Oh, okay, so anyway, this thing just assimilates everything it comes in contact. It just tries to assimilate into its like, computer existence or whatever. And that's kind of like what's happening. And so that's why, as Christians, we're having such a hard time putting our hand on one thing. We're looking at a dam that's cracking and there's, there's sprouts everywhere and, there's, and, there's, and, there's, and there's, you know, there's water coming out from over here and over there and these cracks and that cracks. And we're trying to plug one hole at a time, but we don't understand what the collective dam is all about. The collective dam is a pseudo-spirituality that is motivated by a globalist agenda to unite all things under a Babylite religion. And so if you go to Genesis 10 and, 10 and 11, what does it say there? It says that Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And it says, and he built a city and the beginning of his kingdom was in Shinar. Well, who, where is Shinar? Shinar is in ancient Mesopotamia. It's where Isaiah's and Jeremiah's Babylon is found. The word Babylon comes from the Hebrew root Babel. And so, and so in, in the book of Isaiah, there again, you find the reference to what? Shinar. And so you have the ancient Babylonite religion expressed in the Antichrist religion of Babylon. And what I'm suggesting to us is that when you look at Revelation 17 and 18, it is the Babylonite religion that is coming. And what is it? The whole world united under one purpose. And I'll, I'll end with this. It's not that Antichrist will usher in one religion. It's that Antichrist will usher in a spirituality that unites all religions against the one religion. That is what's coming. And we, we somewhere in my stuff I've been writing on this, I say something like, we need to become fearlessly eschatological. The, the fight for the future is the fight over eschatologies. Technological singularity is an eschatological worldview. It's telling man, you will advance 
through your own self uh, innovation. Your, uh, you will advance yourself. And what does Scripture teach? Scripture teaches, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 to 47, you advance through the Spirit. And so it is either an advancement through self-spirit or an advancement through God's Spirit. That's it. And the world around us, ubiquitously, we are in a deluge of self, self, self. It's all about yourself. Homosexuality, transgender, LGBTQ, is being elevated to the point where you will not be considered authentically human if you are not allowed to engage in self-realization through the practice of LGBTQ rights. That's what's happening. And that's just a little bit of, so I just recommend, you know, don't even listen to me, you know, pick up Peter Jones's book, The Other Worldview, read it at least twice a year, you know? And so hope that's helpful. Really quick, what's like the solution to all this? Oh, excellent. Like you can't just stop at the bad news. So when we think about the solution to this, this huge problem, this oneist, system, this oneist spirituality that is coming, it's intoxicating. Ken Wilber is one of these, uh, he's a Buddhist, he's a mystic, um, and he's a disciple of Carl Jung. Now, Ken Wilber has written a book called The Theory of Everything. Again, it's a self-help guide to try to achieve some sort of self-advancement. And the answer to all of this, guys, is this, is that we need to be prepared to say only the Christian worldview gives us a theory, or better yet, a theology of everything. Because without Christianity, see, here's the thing. I'm calling this the new apologetic, but, but, but dig this. It's a new focus, same method. We never leave off what Van Til taught. We never leave off what Bonson taught in, in terms of apologetics. We always use presuppositionalism, but we have to understand we have a new focus now, and it's threatening to assimilate everything around it. So you won't be able to open your door without encountering oneism. You won't be able to look at your phone without encountering oneism. You won't be able to vote. You won't be able to drive. You won't be able to go to work. You're not going to be able to have a bank account. You're not going to be able to go to school or do anything without seeing some semblance of this oneist system. So the answer for us is, to, to, is a number of things. We need to be fearlessly eschatological. We need to not be afraid of eschatology because it's, it's, uh, it's controversial. We need to restore man's sense of eschatology. People are created in the image of God. They have a soul. They have to encounter God when they die. There is an afterlife. You will give an account for your entire life before God. So, so humanity has become sub-eschatological. They no longer see themselves in relationship to the living God. They just see themselves in this... In this um, you know what they see themselves as? They see themselves as the ancient Epicureans. We, we, we're in a world where the Epicureans believe we're just, we're just an endless stream of falling particles like atoms. And that once in a while something weird in the world happens and, and the stream of, of the falling particles kind of swerves. They called it the Epicurean swerve, right? And, and, and nature kind of did something weird, but eventually life just goes on as, as it always has been. And it's just ordinary, and it's just a cyclical world that we're living in. And our lives are just, ah, you know, sera, sera. So that led them to become very fatalistic. Because it's like, life is just this endless cycle of meaningless events. 
and look at your neighbors and I promise you that they are modern day Epicureans. Mm. They don't see that they had a beginning. They don't see that what they do right now interacts with eternity and they do not see themselves as having a telos, a goal, mm. an end, a consummation, a purpose. And it's a very sad condition, but it is the result of sin. And only the gospel can bring forth a theology of everything to restore man's view of himself, his wor- the world around him, and his relationship to God. So that's where the work needs to be done. How do people connect with you? Through Mark Smith, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, people can go on the YouTube channel, redgracemedia.com, or I don't know. I don't do social media or, or websites. I'm not good at anything technological. So just go to YouTube, type in Red Grace Media, and I'm doing apologetics episodes there that you can watch. And I'm trying to put it in a way that's logical and coherent and easy to follow. And, and I kinda, I'm trying to use some of the old stuff too, like open-air preaching. And I'm trying to incorporate things that people know, but I'm also bringing them to the realization of what they do not know. Mm. And a lot of people right now in the evangelical, even the Reformed faith, do not know what's happening by way of oneism in the culture and in the world. 